This episode of How to Save the World is sponsored by Atik, a New Zealand zero-waste beauty company on a mission to rid the world of plastic waste. Check them out at atikworld.com. That's Atik, E-T-H-I-Q-U-E. Another episode of How to Save the World. How are you doing, Tim? Very well, Waveney. How are you? I'm very good. Excellent. Um, today we've got Kate with us. Kate Mead. How are you going, Kate? Oh, I'm great. Good. I'm good. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that um, one of the most environmentally devastating things you can do is have a baby. <laughs> Let's lead with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, something nice and We're all on the same page there. <laughs> Don't and gloom. So, um. so this episode we're focusing on eco-parenting, right? So eco-parenting, and because Tim and I are like woefully underqualified to talk about that, um, we brought you in. <laughs> Excellent. So I'd say, in my humble opinion, you'd be New Zealand's number one eco-parenting guru. Oh, that's this is great. Yeah. <laughs> Straight Kate's not going to say anything. Just yeah. wait for the compliments. Yeah. 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 You're not deflecting it. Most New Zealand, that's your cue, you know, you, where most New Zealanders go, oh, no, no. Uh, yeah, no. I'll no, but it's true, that. right? It's true. <laughs> <laughs> to hold the title of the nappy lady for 13 years is sort of, you know. Yeah. I've just got to suck it up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> not literally. No. Um, you, I, I think you're 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 a very successful communicator because you've been you've been doing this, like you say, for a long time. You you travel up and down the country, fully booked out um, crowds. Yeah, people pay to see you talk. You make a living out of it. <laughs> it's a good thing. And the thing I love about you is that because I've heard you say before, there's a statistic uh, which you'll you'll know. I can't remember it uh, about the the cloth nappy usage that's gone up over the last sort of 10 years? Um, so it used to be, when I first started, they estimated it was about 3% of people, of people using, using cloth nappies. Yeah. Um, and it was a few years ago, um, it came out in one of the surveys, it was more like 25%. Amazing, eh? Wow. Yeah. Mm. Just in massive. a few years. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And the thing about that, Tim, is that I think that Kate herself has actually been quite influential in that statistic. It's wow. not very Single-handedly. Off- making, a, <laughs> making a dent in the numbers. Kate, you don't have to answer this question. Yeah, I'm directing right. this away We are me. just deciding that Kate single-handedly did that. Um, well, actually, I, I, I do think that you genuinely would have influenced that statistic because how many thousands of people would have you spoken to over the years? Well, at the moment, we just did some stats for this year, and it was about 10,000 this year. Just this wow. year. Just this wow. year. Yeah. So this is um, parents, other people environmentally concerned coming to your workshops to you talk about the tips and the methods? Yeah, it was originally just wait, like I used to do just nappy workshops um, just because there was lots of confusion around nappies and how they work and all that sort of stuff. And then, which is weird because it's just a nappy, <laughs> but anyway, people would come and listen to me for two and a half hours talking about how cloth nappies worked. Um, and then I got bored with that. So I started talking about waste-free parenting and including some other topics. And then now I do waste-free living and food waste and corporate waste and business waste and it's mm. just gone mm. mental. Mm. It's, well, yeah. at the risk of um, uh, dredging up stuff that you may be sick of talking about after 13 <laughs> years of wearing the crown of nappy lady, which i got to be honest, I think you could have thought of a better name for yourself. Well, it sounds I didn't even give it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Here she comes. <laughs> Smell her coming a mile away. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. But I haven't even changed a nappy for 12 years. 
Uh, can I go back to that incontinence thing? Because on your website, you actually do cover that, don't you? I do. And there was a hor- like one of those sort of statistics that made me stop and think, where it said for my age group, with 22 to 55-year-old woman, uh, there's a quarter of women in that category that will be incontinent. Yeah. And I also I thought, well, out of me and you then, together today, that's a 50% chance that one of us are actually incontinent. We don't need to yeah. drill down the statistics oh, no, to it, figure out a Well, because you haven't who. had a baby, but I have. And see, once you've had a baby, you often suffer uh, from the old more likely, sneeze uh, Is that what it is? Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. They're a bit unmanageable. So d- despite the fact that it's not really, uh, it's uh, I guess talked about more now, but adult usage of nappy type products, what's yeah. the non-clementia here? What do you say? Um, well, they Do you call them nappies if it's for grown-ups? Yeah, no, they are adult nappies. And um, there, I think it was two years ago they said in Japan um, there was more adult nappies being thrown away than baby nappies. Wow. I heard that stat. That's yeah. crazy. Wow. And it's an ageing population everywhere in the world, though, so that's why it's mm. a problem these days. And do these environmental concerns, uh, I guess, like, do cloth nappies apply for adults as well? Is it the same sort of thing, um, or is there some differences? There are some very cool specialist brands of incontinence wear for adults, um, and it's sort of a bit more discreet than a giant paper nappy. Sure. But, um, yeah, there are <laughs> definitely good options around. I mean, I was actually working in a rest home this week, and um, one of their leading products that they have to buy is adult disposable nappies, and often um, they don't even, like, have an accident. That is just It's just procedure right? to put them in them just in case which is such a waste yeah oh well maybe yeah. we should focus on the baby stuff mm, um yeah. well you start in nappies chat. you finish in nappies so yeah you're good. <laughs> there's a beautiful cycle of life to it isn't there <laughs> so, so yeah what, uh you go <laughs> well it's because as waveney mentioned at the top um there was there was a study as I I i've been doing a little reading this afternoon <laughs> that came out recently that said yeah having a child is the most environmentally impactful you know, bad thing that you can do above like plane travel and diet and, and everything. Um, which I kind of think is like a weird way to frame it because it's kind of going, okay, well, what do we do? Does everyone just stop having kids? Mm. Is that the <laughs> yeah. solution? It's not yeah. really viable. So what I like is that you've come up with some solutions on how to lessen the impact. So, um, first of all, can you speak to how environmentally damaging like normal disposable nappies are? Um, well, the the issue with disposable nappies is they have a really short lifespan, so anywhere from thirty seconds um, out to maybe eight hours. So they and the once they use, they go into landfill, and of course, modern landfills aren't made to break products down. So we think, oh, chuck it in landfill, it'll disappear like magic over. You know, what's one of the stats recently? Like two hundred to four hundred years, like. For a nappy? For a nappy. I, I read it was 500 somewhere, yeah. the salvo, because yeah. it's like, it's plastics, isn't yeah. it? It's polymers mm. and stuff. And but the scary the, thing is that it's outliving the baby. Well, it, it got used for like four hours, and yeah. it's going to be on the planet for a minimum 200 years, mm. and in some landfills, possibly a 1,000 years. Just to play devil's advocate, so what? What does it matter if it's sitting in a landfill? Well, because landfill, um, I mean, we don't have a lot of space, really, and we are literally filling land. And uh, one of the stats that came out from MFE last year was in the past three years, um, before 2018, there was our, our waste to landfill increased by 20.1% in New Zealand. So if you've got a landfill that had an estimated, you know, let's just say 100 years 
that it would take to fill, which most of them about 30, 35, then um, you're, you're taking 20 years off that. Wow. Which is, is a massive increase in waste. Mm. Yeah. So, mm. I mean, it's not just about like you put it in the land and what impact is it. But there's also, also methane because there is some wood pulp in there and obviously poos and wheeze. So mm. it'll create a lot of methane and then, you know, you've got all the long term, it's just going to be there. And, and, and methane's like by factors more damaging than carbon dioxide right for the environment um well it's 26 times worse than than that yeah so it is it's a really it's one of our biggest contributors to climate change and global warming and i assume as well because um disposable nappies are like i said kind of made out of like a pseudo plastic or bits of it are plastic and that would sort of leach into the surrounding you know the the earth and well, no, because parents wrap them up really nicely into a wee bundle and then put them in a plastic bag to be stored forever in landfill. <laughs> so then uh, that will break down as well. So, <laughs> so then it's lasting for 6,000 years. Yeah, you know, and in, in, in the next, you know, and within the next thousand years, we'll find people's effective DNA samples mm. still wrapped up in nappies. Jeez, Which that's is depressing. quite frightening. So it, it, talk about the cloth alternative. Is it actually better? Oh, I think, like, statistically, if you look at... The fact that each baby will go through 5,500 disposable nappies in two and a half years versus 15 to 20 cloth nappies, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, the argument always comes down to washing them. Yeah. But there's so many, like our washing machines and that are so good and so water effective um, and do a great job. They're time effective as well. I don't think, um, and, and you can minimize your impact um, by washing on cooler temperatures um, also by um, making sure that you get them out on the line um, there was a big study done a while ago a big uh, life cycle analysis and they um, they had to redo it because one of the things that they took in was ironing nappies really like, yeah, this might have the been impact. the one I was reading about because was it it was sort of making um, a calculation and saying that Disposables were more environmentally friendly. Yeah. 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 So this was from <laughs> Lund University in Sweden, uh, which was from a few years ago. And it's uh, what it was saying is an average of 58.6 tonnes of CO2 equivalent per year. Um, oh, I've, I haven't copied the whole thing across, but it was, it was slightly less than that. I think it was 56 tonnes for um, disposables and 58 tonnes for a cloth, cloth by their calculations yeah. that they were doing. Well, so was, was that a bit of a flawed study? Well, no, there was actually another one that was done in the UK. And that one, it's there's been three that I know of. Um, the original one um, that was done in the UK and then the one that was in, done in Brisbane, both of them came up with the same thing. If you home laundered your nappies and you hung them on the line and you, and I mean, for me, I, I washed all my baby's nappies with his clothes. So I actually had no extra extra impact because I was already doing a load. Um, they still say that cloth nappies are 40% better for the environment than disposables. And they didn't take into account the fact that disposables are in the land for hundreds of years. Yeah, they're really, I think they're hard to work through those studies because they're mostly looking at like a carbon impact, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, the life yeah. cycle, yeah. but not Did, the end and, of and, life. And it, yeah. how can you compare something that's a natural biodegradable product with plastic yeah that that's just 
screwing things up it did sort of s- indefinitely it did seem crazy to me because i i read the article and it did make some really interesting points uh, particularly about how we farm cotton which mm. i think is more to do with with that industry is where the problems are rather than sort of everyone should definitely be using disposable <laughs> nappies yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of cloth yeah. but they were talking about the water usage of cotton and kind of bringing that all into it but didn't really address the fact that at the end of the day at the end of it you've got like hundreds of times more of this plastic thing that's sitting in a landfill yeah. versus you know, one to 130 was the ratio, cloth yeah. nappies, which will break down pretty quickly, I would assume. Like cloth is just a natural... Well, some of them are synthetic, so that you can't generalise it too much. Right. But if it was a cotton nappy, you could chuck it in your worm farm and it would disappear in a month. Wow. And, mm-hmm. and let's get specific because I'm like, this is <laughs> brand new terrain for me. I don't have any kids. I'm not around kids very much. I've got a couple of nephews, but... Everyone in my family used disposables and stuff. So can you let's let's pretend I'm an idiot for one second. You may have to use your imagination a lot or a little if you're waving there and you've been doing podcasting me for a little while. Um, but take us through the cloth nappy thing. Like, is it literally just a piece of cloth that you are wrapping around your baby? How does it? How does it work? Oh, no, no. It's totally different these days. Like, a, the generally the nappy looks exactly like a disposable nappy. Um, it's got a waterproofing that can be separate or part of it. And um, you stick it on just like a disposable and then all you've got to do is take it off, rinse the poos out if it's in there, and then chuck it in the washing machine. Um, and with the disposables as well, most people don't actually know, on every single packet, it clearly states that all solids must be removed and then flushed down the toilet. Oh, you shouldn't be throwing it away, poos No and one does that. No, <laughs> Did I until know? I've been to my workshop and been told off. Gotcha. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so that's quite an important part. So and in, in when you look at the usage, one with cloth nappies, you put it on same time as a disposable. you just got to get the poos out, um, rinse it down the toilet. Disposable, you take it off. You're supposed to rinse the poos yeah, and you wrap you're it up to do it anyway. and take it outside to the bin. So one, you're literally chucking in the washing machine. The other one, you're taking out to the bin. So, so that's about the difference. You must save a lot of money. Huge. Oh, yeah? Huge. Well, you're talking 15 nappies and including all the washing costs as well. So with disposables, um, we did a costing a few years ago. You're looking between four and a half and five and a half grand for disposables for one child. Yeah. With cloth nappies, if you brought good quality nappies, um, they might last more than one child. Um, So therefore, you're looking just for one child is about $1,200. Wow. For cloth nappies. So it's a quarter less, roughly. Yeah. And that would even go down if you have more children after yeah. that. And that, that includes using... washing. That wow. includes That's washing, the whole... using the dryer a bit, all of that. Right. And even the wastewater, the water coming in, the water going out, we included all of that because, you know, why not? Yeah, so you do. if it's both more environmentally friendly and undeniably cheaper and it takes about the same amount of time to do either... Why has there been historically such an aversion to it uh, up until quite recently and for a lot of people still? Um, I think that it's the whole th- the thought that you're going to be down at the river with a washboard is the first thing. <laughs> That's the instant thing people think. Oh, using cloth nappies. Oh, here we go, down, you know, off you go. Um, but they um, there's this idea that they're not as absorbent. Well, depending on what you use. I mean, it's the same with anything. You can buy a cheap $4 nappy off AliExpress. Mm. It's not going to be great. Yeah. You can spend $40 on a really good quality nappy. It's going to be much better. Um, and every now and then, like, you spend $40 on a nappy and it leaks and people are like, oh, these are crap. Like, you know, they're, they're a waste of money. 
but you'll spend um, thousands on disposables and they'll leak over and over and over again, like individually. But you don't attribute it to being Because it's only, the you know, 75 cents each or whatever, so you don't worry about it so much. But when you've spent that much on a cloth nappy, one leak, and people are like, oh, it's useless. And so did the water, just to go back to how this physically works on the baby, the waterproofing <laughs> bit is on the outside, and yeah. then is the cloth bit the only bit that you have to um, launder all the time? Um, sometimes. So some of them have the waterproof and the absorbent part all sewn together. Right. So you throw the whole thing in the wash. Cool. And other ones um, have the <clears throat> the nappy and the waterproof separate, and so you just wash the nappy and the waterproof is separate to that. Gotcha. Oh, I'm learning so much. I should have brought one with me. Well, it probably won't you be know. far off, you know, that I have to actually put this stuff into practice <laughs> in theory. Um, that's interesting. Did you have any questions about the nappy stuff? Because I wanted to talk about food as well. Um, no, I mean, I am interested in, in like, going back to when you had your – because you've got a boy, right? Yeah. Um, when you had him – did you were you into cloth nappies before he came along, or did you start off with the disposables and have some sort of epiphany? Or? <laughs> yeah, I, I had the epiphany. Yeah, mine was actually so I just started out with disposables because that's what people do, because that's what you're told. Um, and then we realised we were spending forty five bucks a week on disposables, and we're like, well, gone from two incomes to one income, and this massive expense of just a single product. And it never, like, every week you had to replace them. So we were like, oh, there's got to be something better. And it was actually one of my girlfriends brought some in from Australia. and Because uh, they were hard to get. They then. were then. Mm. Yeah, people freaked out that I was even thinking about it. But um, we actually, start, I started using just one a day um, just to try it out and just sort of see how it went. And then um, it sort of went to two and then three. And then all of a sudden, by the time he was about six months old, I was full time. And uh, never looked back. Huge, huge money savings. But also, I'd noticed the amount of nappies in the bin. Like, in a, with a newborn, you're going through a minimum 10 a day. So over a week, you were going through 70-plus nappies a week. So we went from a small bag of rubbish to grown-ups in the house to the biggest wheelie bin you could imagine right. just to put the nappies in. Wow. So many families must be in that situation. And can I ask, before you got wise to it, were you putting the poo in the bin too? Or were you always no. all good with that? had no idea. It was this random, you know, so this is such a bad story. But anyway, <laughs> you know when you're randomly sitting on the toilet and... <laughs> this is where the best stories start. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you just Having like... A think. You just need to read something. And for some bizarre reason, there was a packet of disposables there and I picked it up. I'd never read the instructions. Like, why? You just put it on and that's it. And I picked it up and I read the whole packet. It must have been there for a while. Um, and then I turned it upside down and under the flap underneath, it had, like, it had usage instructions. But under the flap underneath, it had disposal instructions. And I'd never seen it because it was sort of hidden away. And I popped it back and I was like, you got to be kidding me. You're supposed to flush it down the toilet. <laughs> I, I would love to do a blind test on new parents and see how many people actually know about that because I don't reckon it'd be any. No, probably not. No, but um, yeah, it's it's just a it's an assumption because it's disposable. Yeah. So mm. people just assume that yeah. you just dispose of it. Um, by the way, if you're getting some nice ambiance in the background, that is a full construction site happening metres away from the recording studio. So enjoy that. You get a bit of a sense of the place. Yeah, 3D <laughs> It's like, whoa, what's happening out there? Um, we're all safe. It's fine. We're in a tiny little shed. Nothing's vibrating yet. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, well, the other big thing that I wanted to talk to you about was baby food. Yes. Because this is a big one too. And this is like, you can intuitively see why this would be an issue because it seems like this is a probably quite a recent phenomenon, but the packaging for baby food is freaking terrible. Yeah. It's like the little pouch things with yeah. the hard plastic straws on them, which I get from a convenience point of view is great because you literally just get this packet of food and squeeze it into your baby and then chuck it in the bin. <laughs> But as you put on your website, which I've been reading this, Arvo, like it's not recyclable. And is it, I assume because there's food in it, so you can't fully get it clean? No, but also they're not not—they're not a great product. I mean, my biggest, well, there's several issues with them from my perspective. But the first thing is that your baby's food is completely in plastic. I mean, we used to have tins and jars. Yeah. And it's a safe way to store food. And now all of a sudden you've got baby food in plastic. The other thing is... So, sorry, from that point of view, do you mean is the health of the baby... Like, the plastics are potentially leaching in? Well, our babies are exposed to way too much plastic these days. I mean, when we were kids, all the, like, bottles were glass. Yeah. Um, If you were fed, it was generally homemade, not pre-made. And then, yeah, we had wooden toys and things. Nowadays, everything is plastic. And the baby's food is in plastic. And it does worry me. Like, Mm. you know, like... they haven't been around for that long, about five or six years. And I don't. I wonder if there's ever been any, you know how they did that test recently on, on water bottles? Did you see that? No. Oh, like, yeah. On the plastic and, yeah. and water bottles. And they tested, I think it was something like the top, four of the top brands. And they found in the water bottle, there was traces of plastic in the water. Yeah. And then I was like, well, if that's the case with a water bottle, then surely like, has somebody tested plastic and baby food now that it's all in plastic? Mm. There's plastic in the food chain, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, they, there are tests to show what we're ingesting and how it ends up. Not, I mean, a little bit like how the heavy metals end up in the biggest fish in the ocean where um, it's all through the food chain, right, from the soil and the oceans and as the smaller things eat it and then we eat those bigger things um it all just accumulates mm. yeah and it does it really worries me that the other thing that you touched on was the straw mm. um on the back of every single pouch it says keep out of reach of children at all times because you're not actually it's not a straw um with the thread that's on the top if a baby who is teething put that in their mouth and ripped it on their gums because they do rip things around on their gums when they're teething they would injure them, them their, their gums but also I've had friends who have had um, they've fed the child directly from the pouch and then the child's thrown up and the entire contents is mouldy but you can't what s- yeah you can't really? see it because it's all covered <gasps> it's a in horror the story. marketing yeah, material um, the other thing is that there's a massive increase in the number of children with speech impediments because um, all they're doing is sucking their food through the non-straw, straw-like thing. Between those two things? Yeah. If you go and talk to um, any of the speech therapists, they're saying that there's a massive increase in the number of young children. And because they, they, they suspect that it's linked yeah. to this because getting the, fed through a straw. Thing. Well, when you put food in your mouth, like if you're giving a child normal like normal food mm. and they put a piece of banana and they, they squish it around and they roll it and, and, use it, your jaw and they use their and jaw. And yeah. So with the... 
the liquid foods in the pouches, they just suck everything. So it's just like it's just the sucking motion. And they've um yeah, they've started Mouth saying isn't that developing it's, yeah, normally. The jaw's not developing and so they're they're figuring that they've got speech impediments from it. Jeez. So with that in mind, what, <laughs> what's the alternative? What do we do instead of getting these um single serve plastic pouches of baby food? Well just make your own. Yeah. I mean it's our parents all made their own. Like none of that existed. When You've got such an incredulous look on your face. <laughs> I know, but it's really frustrating. I, I did know the answer before I asked it. I, I just wanted you to say it, Kate. But it's it's really frustrating because, um, and I went through this with my son. I can remember the day I I uh, made my own baby food and I tried to feed it to him and he turned his nose up in it and I was so it's I was so insulted. I mean, he was about six months old, you know. I was so insulted because he didn't like the food that I gave him. So I, I got out this um, tin of pumpkin and sweet corn crap it was um baby food and I I heated it up as soon as I opened it I was like oh that stinks and then I I heated it up and then it was like oh that's even worse and then you've got to temperature test it so you put it in your but you don't even want to put it in your mouth because you know it's going to taste bad so I put it like you know just on the top of my lip and then I was and just to test the temperature and then I was dry reaching then I turned around to my baby and I'm like yummy (laughs) and I I just stood there and I thought Wow, like I'm, I'm fully yeah, came to force feed my child something I wouldn't eat myself. What was that was so awful to you about it? Was it like that hyper sweet kind of a no, smell just, to it? Or? It smells weird. You talk to anybody, they like, what does baby food taste like? Especially like the fruit ones taste great. They are so full of sugar. Yeah, um, they taste awesome. I mean, a lot of the athletes are using them these days because they get a better, <laughs> more intense sugar hit from that than electrolyte right. gels. So, um, you know, it's great for babies too. But um, Aside from that, it's the they they don't look right, they don't smell right, they don't taste right. And I know if I make spaghetti bolognese, it tastes really good. Yeah. If I get their spaghetti bolognese for baby, it, it tastes like crap. I mean, you've got to assume that's to do with preservatives, right? So that it can sit on a shelf for a little while and be transported and hang around for a bit. Partially, but I like I don't. I just don't. Doesn't taste anything like homemade, and that's when I had that the epiphany. I was like, "Here I am trying to force feed my child this crap that I wouldn't eat myself." Yet I was offended when I tried to feed him the stuff that I made personally. So um, I did a bit of research, and it turns out it takes a child about ten times of being exposed to the same food before they they'll accept it. Right. Um, and so I was like, "I'm going to totally give this a go." So I started making my own, and literally. Bought up a, a pumpkin, a bit of pumpkin, bit of kumara, bit of um, potato, uh, mashed it up, and I would eat it. You know, chuck a bit of chicken stock in there. You got a bit of veggie soup, um, but um, I just mashed it up and started feeding him that, and and he loved it. And then at that moment as well, when you know when we were kids, our parents actually did it automatically. Um, if you didn't like it, like they gave you dinner. If you didn't like it, they sent you to your room. Yeah, yeah. Then you came back. They gave it to you again. And then True. you went away, came back, at breakfast, maybe got it in your lunchbox. And then eventually, the next time they made that meal, you just ate it. Yep. So I figure the research is actually quite true. Yeah. yeah. It's, it always <laughs> cracks me up, yeah. those things where they like do scientific research and university professors are getting involved <laughs> in stuff to find out this thing that we've known for like forever, yeah. you know, this intuitive parenting thing. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. And I assume that there's a whole other world of hurt to do with... Um, the, well, actually, I'll take the positive side. Like the amount of packaging that you would save by making the food at home by yourself must be pretty minimal, right? Oh, well, you you literally buy one potato 
a bit of pumpkin in, in one kumara and that there's no you don't even have to have any packaging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there is reusable packaging, um, or ice block cubes. Like ice block cubes still like, you know, the those yeah. trays. People don't even know what they're for. The plastic trays that come in your freezer. Um, I know what they are. I'm interested to know how you use them for baby food. Well, you just, you just make a bulk bulk baby food, and then you just stick them in there, freeze them, and then stick them in a container. And then when you want to get out baby food, is one cube about a meal for a baby? No, you might need three or four oh, okay. cubes depending That's on. That's quite awesome. I like that. Is a little uh, unit of food, a little yeah, ice, cube ice cube of baby food. Yeah, yeah. You can buy specialized little silicon units that are sort of like the amount that you would get in a can. Right. And that's quite cool too. But and what, you just nuke them, chuck them in the microwave to... Yeah, or on a pot. Yeah. You know, just um, maybe in, inside a little, like a ceramic bowl in a pot so it just gently warms. Yeah. Because you don't want it to get like hot. Like how you do chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. A bit like that. Now we're talking. This episode is brought to you by Atik. Atik is a New Zealand natural beauty company that stopped over 3.3 million plastic wow. bottles going to landfill. That is a lot, eh? It's like, that's a lot. Their gorgeous hair, face and body wash products are mindfully packaged in biodegradable and compostable materials because Atik are dedicated to building a better world. Atik's products are all certified animal cruelty free, made of only plant-based and vegan ingredients and they're kind to your wallet because they last two to five times longer than bottled beauty products. Get yourself or someone you care about some Atik today by going to atikworld.com. And that's Atik, E-T-H-I-Q-U-E. It's French, I think. What about when they're a bit older? Because I think, yeah, like me and you not having had kids, Tim, it's, it's so much easier. You just make your own decisions about how you want to run your household or what you're going to personally do. Um, and I hear people uh, with kids constantly, and in fact, I'm like this myself when I'm around kids. I just want to give them plastic junky stuff because I love <laughs> seeing how happy it makes them. <laughs> yeah, it must be like a happy thing in there. Um, I just, I don't know. Like, is that is that hard? That aspect of like, would you call yourself an eco parent? Like, because that's a it's a hard thing. Well, we've made different choices. So one of the things we did was we went to making Easy Yo instead of buying um, the yogurt, because like, the yogurt pouches came in and then, you know, they put Dora on it and the, all the kids want Dora mm. pouches. Mm. Like it tastes, it doesn't taste like Dora, you know. It's just it's yogurt. It's not the same when you knit in Dora jersey. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and so we got the um, product called the Kai Carriers, which is the reusable food pouches. Make the our own EZO, stick it in the in the food pouch, and then chuck them in the freezer. And then in summertime, you chuck it in straight in the lunchbox, and it keeps the lunchbox cool, and it's still cold at lunchtime. So that was one thing that we changed. But also other things are, you know, just looking at. And there was a concession. You're saying, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Well, instead of buying, yeah, the the little pouch, the pouchy ones, mm. or even a yogurt pottle. Like number of times I remember as a kid, you know, you got to lunchtime, and the the yogurt had exploded yeah. in your lunchbox, and then. Gee, what were you doing? Oh, just oh, kid I stuff. I had that. It gets all through your bag. Well, well, I didn't you... have that. Blooming well, Maybe you oh. didn't have yogurt. Maybe I was a bit placid. <laughs> You're in the library. <laughs> yeah. Jump up and down gleefully on my way to school. <laughs> carefully placing Maybe your my brother in kicked the my bag or something. I don't know, but you know. Yeah. But there was that. But also the other thing we did was, um, and I was uh, like before I learnt stuff about waste. Um, I used to buy those little individual packs of chippies because 
it's just easy, you know. But the ridiculous thing is that one of those 10 packs has about the same weight of chippies as a 130, or like the bigger packs, which you pay maybe a dollar fifty for, and the ten pack you're paying five dollars for for almost exactly the same number of chips. So what if if you uh, sit on uh, getting chips? I like chips. Yeah. Uh, put I them like in chips. like a Ziploc bag. Yeah. That'd be the way to do it. And then just get your kid to bring that home so you yeah. can keep using the same packet. We've never, like I've never washed any of the Ziploc bags that we put chips in because yeah. it's just salt. Well, it's dry, you know? isn't it? It's completely yeah. dry. It just nothing. gets oily on the inside, yeah. but it's got to be good for them. <laughs> Transfer a bit of flavour from the yeah. barbecue to the chicken, you know? <laughs> Not like a bad the, thing. The but just what you never wash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just little things like that. And it's just thinking outside the square, and, and I think the biggest issue is that there's been all these new single-use products come in that, like the little the little cheese, three slices of cheese and three crackers as a oh, yeah. as a single serve. That's stupid. Um, I did a, a, a thing with one of my son's classes, and we worked out one of the kids' um, groups worked out that to get like we had 500 grams of cheese and a packet of crackers. Um, which cost about, I don't know, it was about $7.50, to get enough, to buy enough of those small individual serves of cheese and crackers um, to get the same weight in cheese would cost about $73. Jeez. What? (laughs) And so it's like, you think that you're saving time because you just put it in the lunchbox, but you'll save a lot of money if you just slice the cheese yourself. Yeah. It's genius. It's just so, slice the cheese. Well, slice everything the cheese. that you've talked about so far just seems like, once you say it, it's like, well, yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> it <laughs> does seem like but that. It really kinda, does. It, it really reminds you of what a victim of marketing we all are because the mm. kind of default thing we think of is really weird when you analyze it for a couple of seconds. But we've all just been a bit hypnotized by the, the ads, I think. And just it sort of normalizes the really bizarre behavior of getting disposable nappies and you know, you just put them in the bin and forget about them. But yeah. like, yeah. Oh, I reckon somewhere. you're right. It's like on this podcast, we sort of like stepped through to the other side and we're like, oh, this is all ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy. But th- these don't seem crazy. But there then is- the rest of the time, it's like normal. There are, and on that note, and this is getting um, back to the nappy thing, actually, I want to ask you about something which you've got on your website, but you say you're a self-confessed non-expert on this, but you do have a little bit of info about going diaper-free for babies. Because this is another area where it's like, yeah, diapers got invented in the 19th century. Yeah. And, and you know, obviously they were cotton. They've only been plastic for like 60 years or something like that. Yeah, well, they sort of came in, like, I remember my parents used them probably on me, but only as, uh, they were only ever intended as a convenience product. So, like, just when you went out and about or if yeah, you went right. on holiday, gotcha. you would only buy them for that. So now there's this whole movement uh, called, is it Elimination it's, Communications? That's is it, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So tell me about that. What is... Well, this is, it wasn't something I did with my son because I I just didn't have the patience. I think you've got to have a little bit of patience these days. But um, a lot of people did it. And it's where you look at cues from your baby when they're going to go. And it's actually, if you go over into places like India... Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of places where there's not actually the influence of um, the single-use products or they can't afford them, that's the way it's always been and it's still normal. Um, and they just look for cues or there's these, there was a photo that went around on the internet a wee while ago and it was from, in, um, I think it was China or somewhere like that, where the babies when they were little just had a wee hole in the back of their pants. 
So yeah. if they went to go to the toilet, they the literally just squatted. Yeah. I've seen that. And we, we lived in China for a year, a while ago, and um, we were up in the north, and it was the babies were and like the toddlers, they were they were like Michelin men because it was they were so wrapped up, little marshmallows, and they even in that real minus twenty freezing climate, wow. they had this split in their pants, which you couldn't really see unless they were bending over. Yeah. It's bizarre how it sort of seemed to work. It was pretty gross though because they'd just go. By the drains in the street. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't, there's probably a happy middle ground when we yeah. don't. Because it seems like this is the thing. So it, the examples that I was seeing online in New Zealand and in America and in Britain is a whole bunch of mums that are going back to this idea that mm. the baby can get a sense from a surprisingly early age yeah. um, when they need to go. And you can sort of have a designated area. You can get them to go to what is sort of a potty area yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty quickly on. Well, that was the purpose of the potty. You know, when we were young, our parents would have un- taken our nappies off um, from having a sleep and they would have popped you on the potty probably right from four or five months old. And what that did was get you into knowing that that's where you go to the toilet. So that's they got you into a routine. So if you ask your parents, generally most of us, our parents would say you were toilet trained by the time you were 12 or 18 months at the most. Nowadays, we're running into kids still not being toilet trained at four and a half. What? Yes. Hang on, why? <laughs> four and a half years? Four and a half years old, yeah. I really hope that's some what outliers I, on that graph. What am I missing? Um, well, what happens when they go in a cloth nappy, um, they would they feel the wheeze come out, so it starts a trigger in the brain that tells them they can hold it up. So it's that, a bit like the elimination communication, it starts them having a sense of going and stopping and all of that. Um, in a disposable, as soon as they go, the absorbent polymers inside it, the crystals, instantly absorbs the wheeze away and they never get that feeling of um, the wheeze coming out. I mean, when we were kids, we didn't need any of that because it just ran down your legs. So it knew, knew it was got coming this, out. Your <laughs> body, you, so it's basically well, removing yeah. the signals that, that indicate the sensory information to your brain that, you know, you've urinated. Yeah. So you, you just lose that sense of... They don't feel when you're going to the toilet. Outstanding. Do people realise that? (laughs) They're like that. In terms of what what might be a bit more normal, or I don't know, in another more natural environment, would be that the kids could really understand what was going on and control things from Mm. around twelve months. And instead, it's like even three is is. Well, it's quite normal now that's, for children. That's huge. Now, is this quite a recent thing? Because it seems like this would be um, almost a, a, a byproduct of the material scientists at the nappy factories getting so good at making these little crystals and things be so absorbent so quickly. Um, no, well, they've been in it for as long as I know, I, as long as I've known about disposable nappies. Um, and they do. They just absorb. It's You might have seen the ones that come in flowers, like those big, the big, clear... Um, I don't know if I have, Tim. No, no, you? no, this isn't ringing a bell. <laughs> no, I don't, we think we skip that. Oh, 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 you're talking about flowers. No, yeah. sorry, you know you're talking you, about nappies. No, you know when you buy flowers, yes. in the bottom of them, they have those little jelly Weird oh, sorry. oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, sorry, missed, missed the yeah, cue. Sorry, yeah, 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 over the day. Yeah. It's okay. Um, well, when you buy those, that is pretty much that that's in the nappy right. as well. And if you got a disposable nappy and filled it up and then with water and then opened it, it is so disgusting. 
um, because that's all the stuff that's absorbing it. Um, and you, it, it's it's one of those things that um, yeah, it it's does a great job at what it does, but it's possibly hindering the actual toilet training of the child. But in the pull-ups, they put a wetness liner in there, which is literally a strip that. Um, stops the absorbent polymers from absorbing it so quickly, right. so they, they can feel, feel it, it coming out. But that's in the pull-ups, not, mm. not they're not sort of pull-ups are like two, two and a half. That's for like older kids, yeah. right? Yeah, man, that's so. So both from the food point of view, with the plastic straw thing, kind of stunting kids' development with speech, mm. and then with disposable nappies, stunting their ability to yeah. be properly toilet trained. At first, like we're robbing these kids through these convenience <laughs> products of like proper human development. But that, I mean, that's the thing. They've come in and everybody's gone, yay, save time. It costs you a lot of money, but save time. Kind of screw up your kid, though, potentially. Well, we didn't know. We but we possibly didn't know this until yeah. it became a problem. And no, then, we don't know. And, and then you know, by the time you're starting to sort of go, oh, perhaps that's not ideal, it's already normal. And the power mm. of normal is huge. Mm. If everybody else is doing it, there's a thing in our brain just sending us a signal saying, "Oh, this is probably okay." No, it's like takeaway coffee after cups. After all, isn't normal's it? okay, isn't yeah. it? Isn't it, guys? Isn't normal okay? Well, that's that's how takeaway coffee cups became normal. You know, that's yeah. it. Well, there because was a few everybody did it. Crazy people to start off with, yeah. and then their mates, and then all of a sudden, everybody's like mm. got wandering around with them, and it's yeah. like, well, that's normal. Whereas before, just a ceramic cup was fine. Yeah, people knew how to wash a cup. I'm so. Um, I was thinking about the plastic bags thing recently as well because it was uh, one of our first episodes that we had on this podcast was us talking about the plastic bags, and I because Waveney I think had normalised the idea of not using single use plastic bags a yeah. long time ago. Brand new terrain for me. I'm just like so <laughs> embedded in my shopping experience at the groceries, put everything in in the bags that I could not wrap my head around the fact that New Zealand was changing the law on it. But it's so cool to think that the generation growing up now, like the new normal for them will be either taking their stuff home in like a, a cotton cloth bag or yeah. one of the reusable ones. And it'll just be like, yeah, of course. Yeah. What the hell the were you normal. thinking? Yeah. You yeah. idiots. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, I've worked in a few universities lately and you see all the students with their own drink bottle, their own um, coffee cup. Like it's just, that's, they're making that, it's trendy. But what's happening is the trend is becoming normal again in their in their generation. But they have to because we're the generation who's wrecked it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We've got to improve the environment by ostracizing people who are not good well, environmentally no. sound. Well, we don't want to ostracize them. I, I my my A goal bullying, is, maybe. No, well not even that. Like I what I like to do is show people what the problems are and why we need to care. And then give them all the solutions. But it's like a it's like a journey going from you felt good, you came along, we gave you some free stuff, we make you feel really bad, you know, quite guilty for about an hour, and then you feel really bad, and then we take you back up with all the stuff you can do about it's it. It's your classic abusive relationship. It is. It is. It's passive aggressive, really. It's effective communication. <laughs> that it too. Is, <laughs> So, um, and do you have any other specific questions you want to throw to Kate? Did you want to elaborate on what some of those resources and solutions are? Um, I mean, we've gone through some, but I, I know that you've you've got a website. Yeah. So, 
Um, What's your website called? Katemeads.co.nz. It's very good. Um, You can find me. I spent the Savo on there. (laughs) You know, just find, just Google the nappy lady. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) You'll find me. Um, And uh, you've got Instagram and Facebook and lots of videos and stuff. Um, Yeah. And then obviously the workshops, which um, we run through for, well, we run for 49 councils around the country so we do, I've I've already this year in the first six months done 125 workshops how are you feeling about that well that's why my voice is so husky <laughs> it's cool it's sexy it feels like it's gone down a couple octaves from what I was watching in the YouTube video oh, yeah. on your website and my hairstyles have changed too did you notice yeah, that yeah it's a yeah. good little you know like... <laughs> stream of haircuts across time um, so on this podcast in particular Kate what we like to do is we're trying to basically find what the most effective single thing people can do each episode is so of all of the the tips and grounds that you covered for um new parents or people who are going to be parents in the future what would you say is if there was one behavior that you could get them to change would have the most environmental impact that's easy just use one cloth nappy a day um if if you use one a day which is really easy then that's 365 a year and if every single baby in New Zealand was in just one cloth nappy a day, um, then a million nappies a week wouldn't go to landfill in New Zealand. But at the moment, we've got a million a day. So it's a real easy change. Just one a day. Very convincing. Very. Kate Meads, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Everyone go to Kate Meads' website and go to her workshops, which I assume are probably pretty accessible if you were working with the councils. For yeah, they're to on the them. website. Yeah, yeah, Fantastic. yeah. Thanks All for coming on. on. Website. Thank yeah. you so much, Kate. It's a real pleasure. That's my pleasure. Good fun. Thanks again to our wonderful sponsor, Atik. Atik are a zero-waste beauty company dedicated to ridding the world of plastic waste. Woo. Get yourself or someone you love some Atik products from atikworld.com.